Hey everybody, welcome back to another special This Week in Marvel podcast, another Infinity podcast, as I sit here in the spacious, luxurious offices of Marvel Senior VP, Executive Editor Tom Brevoort, who is hatless today. I'm not hatless, I just have the hat off. You're not wearing the hat. I don't wear the hat in the building, Ben. I was thrown because when we did our interview at uh, New York, you were wearing the hat. Yes. Because that's your public persona. Well, it's my out in the world. It's a traveling hat, so when mm. I'm traveling, that is what I wear. So you're telling me every time we've sat across this desk from each other, you've not been wearing a hat? That is correct. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I... It's screwing with the perceptions of everybody listening to the podcast now, too. They can't imagine my forehead up in all of those past podcasts. Yes. It's, it's crazy. For those of you listening at home, Tom actually has very nice hair. He has fuller hair than I do, <laughs> which is frustrating. Um, to a lot of people, I think. Yeah. But what that you have fuller hair than I do? That I have fuller hair than a lot of people do. I like to think a lot of people are just frustrated by the, the fact one. That the it's the, than the mine. person most frustrated by that, uh, Mr. Stephen G. Wacker. Yeah, he'll never Wacker. he'd never admit it, and he'll never come on the podcast to to respond to this or probably even hear it. But uh, uh, particularly frustrating to him, I think. Tom, you found the fountain of youth, and you're not sharing it with any of us. <laughs> But we are, of course, talking about Infinity, as we always do. Thank you once again for sure. joining me. Always, uh, always a treat. My pleasure. We had a nice chat at uh, on Marvel Live during New York Comic Con. How was your New York Comic Con? Um, it was busy. Yeah. You know, you were moderating panels, which I don't think you've done in a, in a little bit. Not in a while. No. Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, and certainly not in a room the size of that first Avengers oh, right. uh, room. I was the big... Uh, cup of joe room and it's yeah. a much bigger room than i'm i'm used to dealing with so yeah. just getting projection and and uh you know being able to get the crowd all into a thing joe does that very well he's used to that environment i am not as good there much better in the smaller <laughs> you know inhumanity right uh, all new now rooms which weren't yeah. small rooms by any means but smaller. were smaller than that and a little bit more manageable i like the energy on the avengers one it was a little, it was a little different it was definitely a little different, yeah. and it was it was good. Like we filled it up, people seemed good. excited with by what's happening. It's Very just, much. you know, you 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 say things, and mm-hmm. your voice just kind of goes out into the ether. It doesn't even make it to the back wall. Yeah, you know, I heard people saying afterwards that you know they, people are having a hard time hearing me in places, and huh. um, I don't know if it was just where people were sitting or whatever, but just the whole the whole setup there was not. Uh, I assume it's mo- you know it's mostly just on me. Um, you know, it's a bigger room than I was used to. Yeah, I was I was in the front row and I could hear you fine. So, well, the very least yeah, you're projecting the... to the front row. <laughs> I think people in the first, you know, eight, nine or ten rows would have no problem, even without the microphones. But that's true. The further back you went, that's true. And you, it went back, you know, way far. It was also yeah. crazy because, for you know, from the from the start of the panel, you know, they they brought the lights down so you could see yes. the. The presentation, and so you couldn't even see from the from the stage out, you know, what the crowd was. Like you couldn't see how many people there were, or how far back it goes, right. or any of that. And then when they turn the lights on, suddenly, yeah, it's, it, it, the space completely people. changes. Absolutely. Um, so it was uh, it was different, but yeah, I didn't get as much done as I would have liked because right. the convention itself is way too big. I didn't see half the people that were there, right? Uh, in terms of creators and things. It's huge, but, and it's hard to navigate, too, sometimes. Yeah, well, the fact that they have to have Artist Alley sort of Weird. off in another pavilion Weird. because they just don't have the space in the main floor 
and the you know, the little walkway that goes in between them mm -hmm. uh, tends to be the best place to do photog photography of cosplaying and right. so forth. And they have a couple of little kiosks and things there, meaning that it's virtually unpassable for a good portion of the show. So the people you need to go and talk to, you can't go and talk to. Well, you can. You just have to, you know. It's you a kinda, battle. You, yeah, you kind of have to block the time. Got it. You know, we went over there, myself and David Bogart, on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But by the time we got over there and, you know, walked like one row, we had to turn around and get back for the Cup of Joe panel. Right. Uh, and, you know, that was, the panel rooms were about as far away from that side as you could yeah. get. So you were going through all that traffic. And uh, despite, you know, the tremendous prestige of my title and hat, <laughs> absolutely None no of that is of any use. That is a respect, but it's, it, it is of no advantage in terms of getting across ah, that that Javits space. I didn't even go to Ari's Alley this year, but I was ensconced in my. Skybox. Well, you were in, you were pretty much in the skybox yeah. the whole time. Skybox or much. Occasionally, Marvel booth, but even that was a little too. There were too many people for me. I prefer to just look down on them. Well, people were uh, people were buying the Rocket Raccoon plushie yes. like crazy. It was sold out within about two days. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. So if you that didn't get the one, thing. sorry, they're gone. You're done. There's not. There's no more. I was stashing one under my desk for a little while, but I just I just got rid of it. So <laughs> that was the last one. Anyways, one of the people on the Avengers panel was, of course, Mr. Jonathan Hickman who is the writer of Infinity. Yes. Which we're not going to talk about. Coincidentally. Yeah. That's called a segue. Nice. Not even the little thing you ride around on, just the uh, just the deal. And talk a little Infinity, talk a little Avengers, talk a little new Avengers. All the tie-ins have come out since last we spoke. And I put my mind back into the mind frame of Infinity 4. Exactly. And I remember exactly where we are. Infinity number 4, it's got Thor on the cover. Yeah. Thor. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I know. I know pretty much what what happened in the issue. Okay. Uh, I had to kind of reframe myself right. there because there. today we're working on Infinity Six, so oh, uh, you know we're in a completely different spot. All right. Uh, and I'll and I, I'll accidentally, if I'm not careful, talk about stuff that happens in Infinity Five or in issues of Avengers or New yeah. Avengers that happened after the issues that you're talking about. Right. So I Let's... just kind of have to get my head straight. All right. So me saying Thor was on the cover was no help. That my was mind, right. right. There. All right. No, it was it was a help. Okay. It was good. It was it was nice. It let me know that you had read the comic. I just read it a second. All ago. right. Because I had read it a while ago. Because I haven't read number five yet. Because when we did number three, I'd already read number four, and that was very confusing. Right, right. That's right. That's right. But yeah, not, that that's very much what I deal with yeah. every time we do one of these. I am right where I need to be. So I just read Infinity. I just read the last two time issues. All right. First thing that struck me about Infinity Number Four is that the builders are preparing for what we saw last issue, which is or what we saw in the last issue of Avengers, which is Captain America said they were going to surrender, said the Galactic Council is going to surrender. But in the opening pages, as they're discussing how they're going to handle this surrender, how they're going to take it in, how they're going to have the Kree cooperate, it occurred to me that as long as the builders have been around, all the different things they've faced. Certainly, I'm sure they've had many people surrender to them. Right. But even the small chink that Captain America and the Avengers took out of the Builder's armor, uh, is this something, to your mind, they have ever experienced before? Is this business as usual? You know, they've gone up against other armies, they make a dent, but eventually they surrender? Or is this kind of an unprecedented thing where, okay, this is actually a surrender we had to earn to some extent? 
Um, I think that uh, plenty of other other uh, people, other races. I don't know how often the builders have actually had to go to war in sure. their their uh, you know years and eons and and time in the universe. But uh, I think uh, you know we've seen them roll over other planets. Uh, uh, in the course of infinity, mm-hmm. so and those planets are still there. So theoretically, at some point, somebody gave up. Yeah, somebody surrendered. So it's not uh, unprecedented that uh, you know the Avengers or the remainder remainder of whatever's left of the Galactic Council forces mm-hmm. would reach that point. Uh, and it's not as though the Builder's objective is to wipe out all of these people. So, uh, you know, I think it's sort of, you know, getting to a point of inevitability from their point of view. Right. That's what I was wondering about the kind of inevitability. Because, of course, we've seen other Avengers foes, be it Kang or whoever. They, of course, take a delight when they get one over on the Avengers. I'm thinking back to the Kang storyline where Wasp had to go and surrender. Yeah. Yeah, the Kang Dynasty. Yeah, the Kang Dynasty. Available in a... Bookstore or comic shop or on uh, the Marvel app near like you. I, you like how I work those in? Give you a chance, nice. to, chance to plug the good stuff. Um, but with the builders, I feel like it's I, I I can't tell. Well, there's a difference, yeah, right there because yeah. Kang fighting the Avengers on some level is personal. Sure, he's got history with them. So him. this is not personal. I guess that's what the, I'm getting yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, especially in terms of the builders and the Avengers. Right. It's it's all business. The yeah. Avengers don't particularly stand out. To the to the builders, right? Uh, any more than any of the other races or 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 anybody else does. Because I felt like a little last issue's game to the point where they did take out some of their ships. They did do the star brand moment. Right. They had turned some of their own symbolism against them. I didn't know if that was enough to make it personal. I don't think so. I mean, I, and you sort of see that in the conversation between. Uh, the one builder and and Thor. Sure. Um, you know this is, this doesn't seem none of this is a very personal thing on the on the builder's part. It's all part of the grand design that they have been uh, weaving across the universe for all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the Avengers just happen to be here now, but you know they're not a they're not a they're not a race. They're a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Uh, and that's not really significant enough, yeah. even at the enormous <laughs> numbers that we have in an Avengers roster now. Right. <laughs> uh, still not significant enough uh, to really pop up on the Builder's radar as being something to be concerned with or, or to get in, uh, you know, emotionally involved yeah. in uh, on, a, on a personal level. Yeah, it's definitely something I was curious about because I thought they were maybe getting there. But then, yeah, you're right. The Builders do kind of pull back and just behave as the Builders do. Getting to Cap's plan, which he sends a representative, as he said, his best negotiator, mm-hmm. to ostensibly surrender, but as we learned, that was not the plan. Right, right. Uh, it was more of a show of force and a chance to show that the builders can be knocked down a peg. He sends Thor. Yep. Only person he sends. Like you said, there are dozens of Avengers, uh, and beyond the Avengers, there are the entire Imperial Guard, Gladiator... Annihilus, if you want to get crazy, he has a lot of players at his disposal. Why does Cap still go back to Thor as the one guy he can count on to do this very important job? Well, some of it is just simply that Thor is Thor. Yes. Um, you know, in terms of the inner circle of the Avengers, you know, it really always comes down to Cap, Thor, and Iron Man. Right. Um, that that no matter who else has been added on or joined or connected, and how 
integral they are to the Avengers as a whole, it really all boils down to those three guys. And Iron Man's not there. So right. you're really down to two. Thor is and has pretty much always been the Avengers powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, he's a prince of the realm. Uh, he's been the ruler of Asgard. Um, so he has the carriage and the presence of a leader, of a noble. He knows how to conduct himself right. in, a, in, a, in a parlay of this sort. Um, so he's got the experience and the background. He's also uh, a warrior who's battled for thousands of years and been through a lot of stuff. So he is well-seasoned. Yes. Um, you know, plus, if he throws his hammer away, it comes back to him, and that's useful. Very key. Uh, if it had been the Hulk, yeah. uh, the hammer just would have kept going, and the whole thing would not have worked out in so the way who, that it did. So, so if Boomerang had been on the team, <laughs> he might have been another choice. It might have. It might have been, yeah. You have to consider that very carefully yeah. as to which of these guys to put into the field here. Right. Uh, Thor or Boomerang. Yeah, it's really know. it's really a coin to us when you come right down to it. So, by now, the Galactic Council is more or less dissipated. You really just have, again, Annihilus who just yells. Uh, the Brood, who don't make much noise. It's really Gladiator is the figurehead. And he's, at this point, kind of letting Cap do whatever he wants. Because um, he certainly has no objections to sending Thor. Or to Cap's plan, for that matter. Right. Has Cap pretty much just earned Gladiator's... I think he already had his respect, but his trust that I'm going to run things from here on out, and Gladiator doesn't seem to have a problem with well, that. Well, I don't know that Gladiator has ceded his authority to Cap, right? but so far, Cap's been the guy, and, and I think the, you know, it was last issue that the Supreme Intelligence kind of points this out. Cap's, yep. Cap's right now the guy with the track record. Sure. Cap's the guy that's, that's chalked up two, two wins such as, they, such as they were, which is better than anybody else has yep. done. Um, also, there's a certain level... I think on which Gladiator uh, is—he's not really used to being the leader. Right, he's, he's brought that up. Pretty yeah, he's—he's he's a warrior. Yeah, he's—he's he's used to being Cap. Sure. Uh, yeah, being the Captain America or the equivalent or the Thor of yeah. the Imperial Guard, and somebody, right. whether it was Lalandra or uh, uh, Deathbird or Davin Shikari yeah. or or uh, Emperor Deken or Vulcan, crazy, crazy Vulcan or one of these dudes would yeah. say, "Okay, here's the here's the objective. Go do that." Sure. And then he would go out and make it happen. So, in the same sort of way that you know, Cap is operating on a level and in a sphere that's not really his typical stomping grounds. So too, not to the same extent, but in the same sort of way, Gladiator, you know, would rather be that guy mm-hmm. uh, and that really by a, a certain point here yeah, he's almost forced to still be that guy he's he's still fighting and the Shi'ar are still fighting largely because that's what he would do as opposed to any I think we talked about this on the last yep. podcast yeah, any of the other uh, uh, Shi'ar rulers of the past probably would have gone the way of Jason yep. and uh, some of the other uh, you know, the Kree and so forth who have sort of Realize that this is not uh, going to work out so well, and maybe right. uh, uh, a diplomacy, or maybe uh, uh, you know, just just sitting back down is the right thing to do here. So Thor obviously does not surrender. He throws his hammer, boomerang style, and it comes back, and he succeeds in taking out a builder. Yes, the first time we've seen this really happen. Yes, 
Is that what Cap was hoping to accomplish? Just take out this one builder? Like, what on a larger scale does he want to get out of this moment? I think what Cap wants to get out of this moment uh, is he wants to regain uh, Hala. He wants to regain the Kree mm-hmm. and the 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 uh, you know uh, uh, the support and the troops that are there. Certainly, another win is good, and certainly the propaganda victory of taking a world back from the builders, mm-hmm. taking it back as opposed to preventing them from being there in the first place, or, or winning a, a battle on a retreat course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, what, you know, what Cap wants is Cap wants, the, Cap wants the win. Cap wants to turn one of the black Othello chips back to a white chip uh, just to show that it can, mm-hmm. it can be done. And then, of course, we see, because I want to spin into the Avengers tie-in a bit here before we go back to the Earth-based stuff. Um, like you said, they do succeed in getting the crew back in the sense that we open the issue with Ronan has said no to the Supreme Intelligence, said because the Supreme Intelligence says, this is a bad move, don't go yep. with the Avengers, yep. calculations, statistics, stay here. <laughs> and Ronan just cranks away with his uh, universal weapon gets it done um this is very much against everything we've usually seen from ronan who typically you know goes in lockstep with the supreme well we've seen i mean if you go back yeah if you go back over the years we've seen other occasions where ronan has acted you know counter to or contrary to the supreme intelligence places where he's tried to overthrow him once or twice so uh it's not uh, unheard of that he would uh, you know, chart his own course and do his own thing. Right. You know, he wasn't terribly happy about standing down in the first place when the Supreme Intelligence uh, said it was necessary, uh, but he went along with it because that was the best math there was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the best intel he could get, that this wasn't a fight they were going to win, and so, you know, he had to do the hard thing and, and suck it up and, and choke down your loss of face and and, and go along with this, but uh, you know, having having uh, witnessed and experienced this moment, and having seen a, a win firsthand, that changes the math in his head a little bit. That makes him more likely to go, well, maybe there is a, a, a win to be had here, and I'd rather go and and uh, uh, fight with my big universal weapon hammer <laughs> thing than stand around and be uh, be talked down to by a builder who's shorter than I am. Much shorter. Much shorter. Yeah, this marked uh, definitely a different, a little bit of an evolution of Ronan, if you will. I mean, going back to Annihilation, he's kind of been on this path of, he's always been a somewhat honorable character, but like you said, it's been a lot of, you know, conquer this world, take this over with Supreme Intelligence. <laughs> I feel like Annihilation was kind of where he turned the corner and started being a little bit more well, I think, but, I think in, in recent years, not just Ronan, but yeah. a lot of the assorted uh, Marvel space villains mm-hmm. have uh, shown uh, you know, further sides and further nuance to their characters. Certainly the Super Scroll, you could say the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. too. Uh, you know, back in the day, for a long time, he was uh, you know, a tooth-gnashing bad guy. Yeah. And there wasn't a heck of a lot more to him. And he's still that or can still be that, depending on your story and your context, but you've got a better understanding now, theoretically, of who and what he is and what he's about, and the fact that from the point of view of uh, shape-changing reptilian lizard dudes, 
he's a heroic figure and in fact a decorated general. Sure. So it's the same kind of thing I think with with Ronan that yeah. that we've done enough stories and Annihilation is certainly yeah. uh, probably the place where it started uh, where he was enough at the forefront and positioned in. Uh, a heroic enough context or as a protagonist one of the protagonists where suddenly all the stuff that made him a badass villain when he was fighting the Avengers of the Fantastic Four somebody made him a badass hero when he was fighting alongside Nova and alongside you know the guys that were were, uh, trying to stop the Annihilation Wave yeah, this one stood out for me, I think, because like you said, there have been those moments with the Super Scroll and with Ronan in the past, but it always seems like Super Scroll, at the end of the day, he's doing it for the Scroll race. Ronan is doing it for the Kree race, which he's still doing here, but just the fact that he stood up to the Supreme Intelligence mm-hmm. and said, you know, I am doing this for the Kree, but also somewhat because it seems like the right thing to do, mm-hmm. even if he doesn't say as much, that definitely stood out to me. Speaking of Annihilation, uh, we do get to see, as T's last issue... Nihilus does unleash the Annihilation <laughs> Yes, he wave. does. That was not oh, a red it, herring. It, it did actually happen. And it goes terribly for well, our heroes. It, well, it, it goes about as you might have expected. Yes. This did seem like a rare misstep for uh, Cap and his, his friends. But, uh, yeah, the Annihilation Wave is kind of a last, uh, last resort. Very much last resort. It doesn't work out for them, which certainly made me think after they, they get this big win in Infinity... Go over to Avengers, we see some of the worlds starting to take back their worlds. And then almost, not immediately, because this is all taking place over a period of time, it seems like the tide turns back. Mm-hmm. Did Cap's plan fail? Did he just stall the inevitable? Or Well, we've got, we got two, more issues two more issues to go. To figure that out. All right. But, uh, you know, it's not like any of these things go so smoothly. Sure. And it's not like one... Uh, one battle is going to necessarily uh, tilt the course of the war. I guess, again, it's the structure of how integral these tie-ins are, that when we ended Infinity Number 4 with Cap going, now now we win, I didn't. I thought <laughs> maybe we'd go a whole tie-in issue of them winning, <laughs> not half a tie-in issue, and then they get turned well, on again. Well, again, it's, you know, you want, your, you want your heroes and you want your characters to, to struggle against insurmountable odds. And so, yeah. uh, you know, if we just did four issues of them, they win, and they win again, and then they win, and yeah. then they have another win, and they do a poker game, and they win, and they have another win. Nice. You know, that, that gets a little bit uh, tedious. Maybe it's tedious, too, if they lose, and they lose, and they lose again. Well, this they, is back and but, forth. They're winning and losing. Yeah. So you fought off the team. Speaking of which, after the Annihilation Wave doesn't work, Captain Universe does do quite a bit of damage. Yes. Uh, so that's the final image we get of, of, of this issue, is that Captain Universe comes in, uh, confronts the Builders. She finally wakes up. Yep. Confronts the Builders. We get a little bit of insight, and we'll talk about this a little more when we get to New Avengers, of why the Builders are doing what they're doing. We've had some sense all along, but there is a greater good to them. Um, and then Captain Universe kind of wipes them out. Uh, is Captain Universe in the right here, or is this one of those complex, murky issues that we're meant um, to well, puzzle over? A well, bit? I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it, any of this stuff is is uh, rock solid clear. Sure. Um, sure you know, it it's it's definitely uh, uh, you know a murky sort of a soup, mm-hmm. just because of the situation, and there's nobody. Uh, that we've seen as we've learned more about what's going on and as we've seen all the various sides 
as tends to be the case in real life, there's nobody that's absolutely right and absolutely wrong. Um, you know, there, there, we, 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 uh, uh, you know, we often in comics uh, do, uh, you know, do versions essentially of of World War Two, and not even real World War Two, but fictionalized mm. World War Two. Yeah, where where an absolutely evil and irredeemable enemy must be right. fought by the forces of the good guys. Yeah. Uh, and you know, certainly what we've seen. Uh, you know, since as we've become more sophisticated, as uh, media has become more pervasive, and the ability to see the perspective of the other guy sure. uh, has become a lot more uh, uh, easily, readily, readily uh, available, right. is that most of these situations tend to be more complex depending yeah. on what side you're on, yes. uh, and to some degree, hopefully, that makes it. Uh, makes it uh, more interesting, Absolutely. you know. Uh, 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 somebody was uh, railing about this online, and they have, I think, a very good point, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, uh, uh, and I almost hate to bring it up because I'm going to draw, put a big spotlight on it. Now everyone's going to think about this, Uh-oh. but um, you know, uh, Thor comes down to parlay with the builder, and this is all part of the plan, and instead. Uh, he throws a, a hammer and kills him. Yeah, you know this is this is a, a, in a in a in a surrender area. It's it's under a flag of truce. Sure, is that a war crime? That's I don't know. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 if so, you know, what does that say towards Cap, towards Thor, towards the guys that put this together? Yeah. Um, you know, I would prefer to think that it's not, but <laughs> you know, you stare at it, you go, well. Not you know, it's when, not a bad story for down the line, though. Well, well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but it's certainly something that you stare at. So, so again, with the builders, the builders have done all this stuff, and the stuff that they've done has been pretty horrific. Sure. But they've got a good reason for doing it, and we're getting to that. Yeah. Before we move on, the interesting thing to me too is that Captain Universe was not part of the plan. She was the wild card. Yes. Think, you know. Kathy even says at the end of the issue, they're, they're not really waiting around for her to wake up, and that's what's going to happen. It's, right. Cap has plans, Gladiator has plans, and really, uh, Ex Nihilo and Abyss are the ones who are like, well, if we can just get Captain Universe to wake up, things will be fine. And then she does, and this may throw things off, because as we see in the last page of Avengers, now all the Aleph's are going to come and destroy everything. Yeah, yeah, but you've dealt with the biggest problem, which sure. is the builders, the builders. themselves, so... Right. Um, you know, I would argue that by the end of Avengers, while things don't seem terribly good in terms of the Aleps, you're probably in a better situation than you were before. We've at right. least seen uh, guys, you know, Avengers and other guys, uh, tear up and tear through some Aleps. There's a lot of them, but yeah. uh, that's a little bit more manageable. To, well, we still got two though. issues left. Yes, so yes, we do. To do. Yes, we do. And there's some crazy stuff going on down on Earth. Some very <laughs> crazy stuff. Not the least of which is the introduction of this new character, Thane. Yes. Very interesting character. Where did the origin... Obviously, we're going to learn more about Thane as we go. Sure. But where did kind of the inception of the idea of, you know, it might be neat to do a son of Thanos and to make him an inhuman. Some of the things that went to Thane's DNA, where did these... Well, you were around, I expect, at all the various, you know, the one or two retreats where all of these things right. got talked about. 
uh, and all of them ended up being cooked into the stew that is infinity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were a bunch of things that got talked about, you know, all at around the same time. Um, you know, we talked a lot about uh, Thanos and what motivates him and his past and and uh, how he's been portrayed in the past and you know streamlining that and getting down to the core of his motivation and what he's all about and uh, yeah, that that's all the backstory that went into. Uh, Jason and Simone Bianchi's Thanos Rising series. Right. You know, we also talked about you know a number of times you know, the Inhumans and bringing them to the the fore and making them more at the center of the Marvel universe and tapping into the potential of of them. Uh, you know, which is one of the things that that uh, Infinity is doing. Uh, and then the the story that John was building towards, which was the at the time would have just been called Avengers Universe if it was just an Avengers story. Um, yeah, with uh, with the builders and so forth, and all of these things kind of coalesce together into the story that is Infinity. So I don't know that it came from any one specific place. Yeah. It sort of was an outgrowth of, uh, you know, at some point we we started talking about Thanos, particularly young Thanos, um, you know, and and the potential of of him having offspring, right. uh, and uh, you know, very much. Yeah, there have been appearances in the past where Thanos has sort of said, you know, I'm, I, I, I worship death. It, it's ludicrous for me, the, the theoretically, for me to have offspring. Right. But he wasn't necessarily always like that, and so then the question became, okay, well, if he was became like that at a certain point, how did that work out? Right. Uh, and that led to, you know, the, the, the scenes that Jason had in his book of, uh, you know, Thanos going back sort of at the bequest of uh, a little death Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, to take care of uh, any uh, any offspring he may have sired over the years, uh, and so that sort of naturally leads you to okay, so what if he missed some? Yeah, uh, and then that leads you to okay, and then then if he missed some, you know who is that person, and you know who is their their uh, their mother, and and how does that all fit together? And you know, making them an inhuman again kind of tied the two the two sides two threads of the story together right. in a nice way. So again, it kind of it came out of a lot of different things with contributions from a lot of different people. Right. Um, it wasn't so smooth as just some you know a person showed up and went, "I have an idea," and yeah. Thanos has a kid, and he's like this. Right. Uh, you know, in terms of the specifics, most of the specifics of of Thane come from John. Yeah. Um, you know, so he built that character, and the the character himself was designed by Jerome Opeña. Okay. Uh, yeah, did the character designs. Um, Interesting. But uh, yeah, Dustin was the one to draw him. Yeah, so. Dustin ended up being the one to, to draw him. But yeah. uh, pretty much, Jerome did most, not all, but did most of the designs right, for the series. Because that was the, the same with Black Order. Right? Yeah, yeah, Jerome he yeah he did yeah he did most of them. Uh, Jim Chung did Corvus Glaive. Right. Uh, and also did the Outrider because he needed to draw them for the free comic book yep. day, so uh, they got done there. And Proxima Midnight was done by Jonathan, oh, yeah. um, just because somehow it, we didn't get to her <laughs> otherwise. I needed it, and Jonathan just went okay, like this. Yeah, looks like this. Go. Um, so that worked out. But uh, yeah, so Thane kind of comes from a, a bunch of different places, and will be going into a bunch of different places, you know, in the in the future. So. Yeah. Um, you know that, that that's a character that, while he was created by this team in this book, will you know go off and and uh, you know hang out in other books and other places in the future. Yeah, I mean it's particularly striking and also sad, of course, that 
he is not his father's son to begin with. He's a healer. Right. And then right. that gets totally stripped away once Terra Genesis hits. At least somewhat, at least as yeah. far as we've seen. So, to yeah. Date. To date. Yeah. Um, to date. Does it matter who Thane's mom is? Is that a point? Or I think, is it well, just someone? I, no, I, I think... Uh, you know, even if it was just someone, that someone right. is is someone of note because that's somebody that had interactions with Thanos years ago. Right. So I think the question of who is Thane's mom is a perfectly good question for people to be asking and wondering about. Is it Crystal? <laughs> it's not always Crystal. It's always Crystal. It might have been Crystal, it but it's probably crystal. not Crystal. It's on Crystal has a history. I don't think she's old enough. I don't know. I um, didn't think Crystal's been with. Johnny Storm, yep. and she was with Quicksilver, and she was with that insurance salesman. <laughs> to this day, I do not forgive. And then she was with Black Knight and Sentry, Ronan. Yep. I'm just saying, if, if there's if there's if a, Crystal was a dude, if it, this was Tony Stark we were talking, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Right. I'm totally ruining. You're, yeah. You're I'm, completely. I'm, I'm gender crunching. You're com- yeah. You're completely biased. It's uh, like it's it's, it's World War Two all over again. It is World War Two all over again. Yeah. I didn't like Crystal when I was a little kid, and it has persisted because I didn't like that she was with Black Knight and Quicksilver at the same time. Ah, uh, see, like and that I carried it over to my I, adulthood. I I understand. I liked Crystal when she was with the Human Torch. So right. just think of. Of you know the life I've led, yes. <laughs> reading about the character. It's a good thing we're able to be so professional despite all of this. Yes, exactly. It's that I don't write scathing editorials about Crystal. <laughs> so well, you write them, we just don't make them live. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> sitting on my computer. That's the a thirty-five part series. <laughs> oh boy, Terra Genesis. Uh, this is not. As, you, as everyone has seen from Inhumanity and everything else, this is not just a blip on the radar of Infinity. This is not a, uh, just for this book, plot point. This is a big thing, and this is going to change the Marvel Universe. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it will. Um, you know, again, typically we go into an event series uh, beyond just telling a big, cool, epic, stirring story. Uh, we want to have something come out of it at the other end. We want to have changed the Marvel Universe in some big or small fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, sometimes we're bigger, and sometimes we're smaller. Sometimes we're more subtle, and sometimes it's it's huge and and sweeping. Yeah. Uh, and Infinity is really no different. And this is one of the things. Certainly, the fallout of Infinity goes into Inhumanity for I guess it's the first two months following. Um, but even then, it's not done. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've already announced the the Inhuman series that follows up, uh, and that's not the only place that we'll be seeing. The fallout of yeah. the Terrigen bomb and uh, uh, what Black Bolt has done, and so forth. Yeah, sure. certainly we'll see more in New Avengers, which is pretty obvious, and and a bunch of other places. We've already seen it in Superior Spider-Man team up. And, yeah, uh, in Fearless Defenders, elsewhere. Yeah, Secret Same. Avengers is coming up. Secret Avengers coming up and this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm just got it in my bundle. So yeah, Avengers Assemble. We saw this past week. Yes, I love that character. That was, that was, yep. yeah. Yep. She's a great character. Yep. All right. So, yeah, some cool new characters coming out of this. Um, we covered Thanos versus Black Bolt in some degree last time. We just talked about how it's cool. It's a fresh matchup between classic yep. characters. Yep. More just pointing out that it was great. It was a great fight. <laughs> well, this was a, yeah, this was yeah. a big, you know, a Dustin big, the hell out a of big it. throwdown. It's funny, too, because, and again, Every every reader and every fan's experience is slightly different. Right. So, you know, the fact that, that, there's chatter, you know, after one issue that says one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that doesn't match the chatter after the next issue. 
uh, shouldn't really throw me. And yet every time it does, I kind of go, oh, wait, where were you last time? <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, up to about issue three, one of the things I've heard from you know a variety of, of readers you know, who've been liking Infinity or not liking it so much yeah. has been... You know, it's 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 you know, it's it's so remote. It's very impersonal. There's a lot of big things going on, but there's a million characters, and none of them. You know, there's a panel of a guy punching another guy, but you don't really get to experience it with anybody. And then, yeah, Infinity Four came out, and I was like, oh, nothing happened this issue. Oh boy. You know, it was very you know, like like we didn't get very far. There were just like these two these two scenes, and you know, and again, it's not necessarily the same guy saying both. Sure. But not. Well. He wants something very yeah. specific. Yeah, exactly. He's got it right there. But you like know, I that's not be the target audience here. That's just you know, and that that's just the way it kind of it, it kind of plays. Like whatever you whatever you're doing, there are going to be people that love it, and there are going to be people that, that it's not exactly what they what they want that week. But it's always I, I laugh at it every time because I never. I never see it coming, and it's so obvious when I get there. Like, oh, of course, of course, <laughs> of course, of course. But uh, all that aside, yeah, yeah, big, cool uh, Dustin Weaver right. smackdown between Thanos and, and Black Bolt. Armor knocked off was just, uh, <laughs> just so cool, just the way he keeps straight. Because I always think of him in the armor. I, mm-hmm. You know, the only time I think of him in the armor is when he's when he's farming on a planet somewhere. Don't <laughs> miss Scarecrow's in Infinity War. Um, so to see him get his helmet knocked off and all that stuff, it's just so cool, especially uh, for those of us who, who grew up on the Infinity Gauntlet and stuff like that, where it was always, you know, it was just Thanos with the power of a god crushing everybody in sight. See someone, even though Black Bolt, you know, doesn't win, really. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just to do that amount of damage was very cool. I like yeah, that. This was the this was the punchy hitty issue. Absolutely. Yeah, and Thor, yeah, Thor's punching holes, yep, and yep. Black Bolt's doing his thing. All right, before we go, I want to touch on New Avengers quickly, because that was a crucial issue. And yes. uh, again, if people are missing Avengers and New Avengers, these are hugely important. Um, the first thing, kind of the most minor thing, is that, is that Thanos and his lieutenants sweep into Wakanda, and they discover the little underground prison in the City of the Dead. Yep. And it really... It's an interesting moment where uh, he examines Black Swan and she says, are you, you going to free us? And he pauses and he just says, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It's definitely hinted that there is uh, even more to that character than it seems and Thanos knows it. Well, Thanos yeah, at, at least can kind of get a sense of things. Thanos has yeah. been around the block yeah. uh, uh, you know, quite a lot. Um, you know, he is well-traveled and well-versed in a lot of things, and I think his, you know, whether or not he knows any of the specifics mm-hmm. of the Black Swan, any of the backstory that we've we've already talked about about the other Black Swans and and uh, what they do and so forth, I think that he can recognize somebody who's going to potentially be a problem mm-hmm. or trouble in the future mm-hmm. and be smart enough to just walk away yeah. from it. Let Black Panther deal with this. Yes. Yeah. This is not something I need to I need to add to my to my uh, to do list for tomorrow. Of course, and it's already full, anyways. At the very least, he's, he's got to go get a new. Son. He's got to get a new set of armor. Yeah, he's got to kill well, his he's son. He's wearing new armor, new he's Avengers. Gotta... That's another thing that impressed me. He already had a new set of armor. Yeah, well, his tailors work quick. <laughs> I'm sure they're under threat of horrible death. They so have that to. Would, yeah. Yes, that would make you work quick. Right, final thing. He here, goes they, back to the Thanos wardrobe in Sanctuary oh, Three yeah. and go, hmm, which one today? That one. The, I hope it's just get a me cl- the purple one. That's I, the one I want. I hope it's just a closet wall of same <laughs> outfit. 
outfit and his one farmer outfit for all and his one his one farmer outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so the last thing here, um, but a huge thing is that the Illuminati get summoned to they're they're trying to deal with another incursion. Yes, and a builder shows up, an Aleph shows up, yep. takes them to a builder. But this is a builder from another universe. But that builder from the other universe has just gotten the builder that we saw get one of the builders that we saw get offed in uh, Infinity yeah, the, Four. The one who escaped. He was actually in uh, in Avengers, Avengers Twenty One. Right, in Avengers Twenty One. Yeah, he goes so. from Avengers Twenty One. He he, right. he escapes into he escapes the, into the bleed and yeah. comes out sort of messed up and damaged in New Avengers yeah. Eleven. And so here we really coordination. Get yeah, no kidding. This was really going closing all in, but. Seeing so coordination, as far as the incursions and everything like that, this is where we really get it. We've had it hinted at, but really spelled out that what the builders are trying to do is Earth is causing these incursions, which is destroying universes, which is unsettling reality, and that is why they're trying to destroy Earth. Um, so their goal, their ultimate goal, their, their ends, is not dissimilar from the Illuminati, who also want to stop the incursions, obviously preferably without destroying all the earths right but it puts them in this interesting shared space and it was definitely interesting to see a builder actually talking with the illuminati as if they were almost on his level right and uh there's a different dynamic and it makes me wonder if uh, how much of a how much of a wild card the illuminati are going to be because obviously cap and the other avengers don't know about the incursions uh, and this makes the Illuminati's role even more difficult. Well, uh, well, yes. It's almost uh, like you planned it. Almost like we <laughs> planned it. Almost like the, the the threads and the seeds go all the way back sure. to Avengers one and New mm. Avengers number one. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, the you know the builders are coming here, and again, not even necessarily to stop the incursions, which mm-hmm. they presumably don't know how to do any more than anybody else does. Right. But you know their 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 solution is pretty simple. If uh, you know these incursions, these these intersections of universes are happening with Earth as the pivot point, as we've seen in in New Avengers, and two Earths show up, and you've got eight hours before the two of them touch, and when they touch, those two universes get blown up. So if you get rid of one Earth or both Earths. There's nothing to touch. There's nothing to intersect. They will right. theoretically pass through one another, and everything will be fine. Right. Their solution is pretty simple. They don't care about the Earth all that much. Yeah. Uh, and if you get rid of it, everything else is 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 safe. Everything else is good. Um, you know that really was was the gist of the signal that was sent to them to the Aleph's mm-hmm. in the prelude to Infinity. Uh, issues, uh, uh, discovering that this thing is going on and uh, putting them into action to try and save their universe. Um, so while they're being fairly destructive in their their need and their haste to uh, do what they have to do, uh, their motive is is reasonably good. Yeah. Unless you happen to live, live on, on the earth. Any earth. Yes. Um, well, again, really, you know, in terms of the builders that we see in Infinity, it's really just yeah. our Earth. You know, theoretically, there are builders in the universe next door and the universe next door yeah. to that who are dealing with all those other Earths. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the builder that we see in uh, in New Avengers Eleven, you know, is is a builder from the universe next door. Right. Uh, and they take care of business by blowing up their Earth. Yeah. Uh, which was very nice of them to do. 
uh, it solved it solved the problem there. So thank them very much. Yeah. Um, but again, it underscores something that it's not something that the Illuminati haven't really known in terms of. No, this is all stuff. That, you know, we've got eight hours every time, and these things keep happening. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, so far they've been very, very fortunate, very, very yeah. lucky that you know each time they've been faced with this situation. Um, there's either been another way out or, or somebody else has taken care of the problem for mm-hmm. them. Galactus has eaten the Earth, or the Earth that they're on is dead, so mm-hmm. you're blowing it up, it's not a problem, or because you know, map makers have wiped it out, or uh, you know, in this case, the builders uh, you know, of, of the universe next door have, have taken it out. Um, but it does underscore the, the, the problem, and the builders kind of put it to them pretty straightforwardly. Like the, yeah. the smart thing to do is blow your Earth up. Yeah. Then the problem is is you know is solved at least as far as you were concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes sense to them. Yeah. Um, not really so much to the Illuminati, but it does you know raise the the, the issue and the problem. Yeah. They they can't be this lucky forever. Yeah. Uh, sooner or later, there's going to be a situation where you know in the time they have, there's not going to be another option that they could find and what are they going to do at that point? Are they going to blow up the earth? Are they going to blow up somebody else's earth with millions of people on it? Um, it's a it's a quandary. It's a, it's a, a lot of pressure to put these guys under, which of course means we're only going to make it worse for them as we move ahead. But it's interesting to me that uh, where our builders approach is just, alright, we're going to barrel forward, we're going to destroy our earth, we're going to do whatever. The builders next door's approach is let's bring these guys in and talk to them. Let's right. try to reason with them. So... That was interesting. It certainly speaks to the fact that there's more to the builders than we have seen thus far. Yes. So what do you got coming up in Infinity Number Five? <clears throat> well, um, uh, we uh, yeah we see the Avengers kind of get on a roll. Yep. So things go pretty well. So that they all put their hands in the air, cover style, yep, that cover, and show that they've all got digits. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's got digits. Um, and. Uh, 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 you know, we see the Illuminati back in the thick of things and back in the action. You know, in in Wakanda, dealing with uh, the Black Order dudes that are there, mm-hmm. um, and then some other uh, the crazy wackiness with Thane and uh, the things that are going on over there. So, mm-hmm. uh, all the pieces are beginning to converge and race towards a conclusion that will be here before you know it, assuming we get it done, which. Yeah. Which is why we need to wrap this podcast <laughs> up. But I know we've also got tie-ins this week. We've got Nova, we've got Secret Avengers, we've got Thunderbolts. More stuff coming up the week after. And then, of course, uh, the week before Infinity Number 6 comes out, we'll be back here to talk again. Excellent, excellent. So thank you very much, Tom. My pleasure always. to be here again. Yes. And Spend this time, this yes. quality time Absolutely. that we have. Learning about Crystal, talking about our feelings, <laughs> it's all very important. Appreciate you coming on the show. We appreciate you guys listening. And as always, this is Marvel, your universe.